0: we have had enough of this shit, Chris and the Riz. Hey, heidi ho Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast. This is episode 420. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. This is our first post-game show of the 2022 season. I'm here live, your glorious dashing host, Chris. With me is my also glorious and also dashing co-host, Jeff, the Riz, risen brother. Just make sure you're unmuted before you start talking, because I think you had a little mutation going on there before.
2: We- I, uh... <laughs> I, I should be good now. I think I think I hit the right button there. Got it, brother. How you doing? I'm good. I'm uh, I'm wrapping something up that I'm about to hit publish on, so I will be distracted for a little bit. But uh, I'm happy that we got a win. Happy that that pass fell incomplete, and pretty happy with what I saw today.
0: Yeah, very nice. All right, really quick, talk about the game today. We we'll do a little roundtable discussion. We will take your calls because what are we doing these post game shows? We talk to you guys, so we will get that going on, and a whole lot more. We got a great show lined up. You ready to go to Riz? Let's do it. Ready.
1: Let's kick this off and break it down.
0: All right, Lions Colts game review. What a deal! Riz is going to work a little bit in the background. He's got he's got a couple of
2: jobs. It's pretty great. Yeah, people people like like what I write. Although I'm actually editing something that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. We're good. Yep. Go go on. Keep going. Good to go. We're okay. good.
0: Excellent. 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 <laughs> All right, there we go. Um, let's get into it. First off, I want to talk about fantasy football. We've got fantasy football going on, two leagues, an intermediate and a champions league. Make sure you get involved. That's a good, good time. Um, let's see. We've got that. We've got go to fantasy.detroitlionspodcast.com. Get signed up. Um, you get cash winnings. Four out of all 12 players in a league will get a prize. So it's really cool stuff. I mean, if you think about what the, the price of the shirts are, for example, that you, you could win. You Basically break free. So you're in good, good, good shape. Top four people get winners. The big winners, of course, get some some cash on 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 the whole thing. So fantasy Lions Come in, play against the best play against some folks that play for fun, whether you want to do the intermediate or the Champions League. It is a whole ton of fun. All right. We're going to kick this off. First off, second game of the preseason. Holy cow. The ones didn't make a single mistake out there. I was really, really happy. <laughs> with what I saw from the uh the first team. Um, Riz, I'm gonna I'm gonna just kinda talk it through. You just kinda pop up when you're you when you're ready to jump in. Okay, brother. Yep. So I thought the ones looked really good. We were happy with that. Um of course the the ones didn't play. So it was, was one of those, you know, Chris jokes. Sorry about that. Um what else do we have going on? Um we have uh Blau took the second team reps and Boyle took the third team reps Blau stepping ahead of Boyle like that was very, very interesting to me.
2: Um, That's a product of what happened at the joint practices throughout the week. Blau earned the the quote unquote start for this game. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to say it was an even push between the two on the day because I think Boyle's late drive was very impressive. Um, he missed a couple throws on it, but he also made decisions that he hasn't been making. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely looking like Blau has e- eased ahead. And while I would say that Boyle might have made a little bit more today, I, I, I think I think Blau probably did more to solidify himself as a number two than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully.
0: <laughs> hopefully. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But
2: yeah, um,
0: Blau, I... I... He earned it, like you said this week. Um, we, I saw it in the chat earlier. Seemed afraid to throw deep or the outside. That's kind of Blau's arm. Arm Blau's arm strength is the weakest amongst the three. Definitely. Um, yeah. And and it's very much like, um, oh God, why do I keep forgetting his name? He, his fan base is your best friends.
2: Uh, Kellen, Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. <laughs> um, he's got more. He's got more. More chut spot than that. But uh, I'm just looking at the stats right here. I'll just read them off without without context. Blau, 16 of 22 for 76 yards. Boyle, 12 of 15 for 99. They each threw a touchdown. Blau threw an interception. Uh. And it was his fault, too. That's a throw. And I thought uh, I thought Devin Gardner did a really good job on the the color commentary of the Lions broadcast and saying, that's a throw. Like, if you're going to make that, you've got to put it low, where it's either going to be a catch or an incompletion. And he put it up too high, and it got batted up in the air on a tip drill INT. And that, that, that was bad on Blau. And now, the That's end, the kind of mistake that, like, if he didn't make that mistake, I'd have no problem in saying that he he had clearly outplayed Boyle in this one. But Boyle, I'll give, I'll give Tim some credit, man. He, he avoided the mistakes today, and that's important for him. It's important for the team, because
0: if he's going to see the field in the regular season, that's what they need for him to do is avoid mistakes more than anything. So his being able to do that today was was uh, pretty important. Um, let me get the the phones up we'll open up the phones of colors here in just one moment um so yeah Boyle stepping up Blau at the end of the second half also had a throw that was uh an end zone throw that ended up in a field goal that was behind and low um and I forget who it was that he was throwing it to darn it um, it wasn't Zilstra, uh, or was it? I don't know. It was below and low. And had he thrown it in front of the the receiver, it it would he would have scored the touchdown. Instead, we had to settle for a field goal there at the end. And that was a little bit. Uh, it, was, it was just. It was very much blau in um in in a, in a nutshell right there. So in a say in a nutshell right there. That was blau. <laughs> Uh, doing his thing So that's going to be interesting um, I'll also say Just as I'm kind of Thinking through The things that stood out uh, The running game The running game Stood out as a, a Real
2: The run game was point. incredible today Absolutely 175 great. yards on 32 carries Before the kneel downs That's <sighs> that's dominance Yeah and, and it was It was done again Without the first-team offensive line in there, and that that spoke volumes to me. Um, just real quick, I'm writing my quick takeaways from it, and one of the things that I have is this is the best game I've ever seen Logan Stenberg play, mm-hmm. and he wasn't alone up there, but he had him. He needed a good game, he had one, and uh, the the depth on both lines, both the offensive and defensive line for Detroit, absolutely freaking destroyed what the Colts have in those positions. And that was nice to see. Yeah,
0: a hundred percent. It was, it was it was very good. To that end, I want to talk about uh, a guy we haven't talked about a whole lot. Well we do but not as much as we used to, but um Hank Fraley. The ability so so yes we've spent capital in the Quinn era in particular on offensive linemen. Yeah I get that. But we're watching the number twos. We're watching Logan Stenberg, who was a write-off for a lot of people before this game even started to come out and play as well as he did. We're watching the twos play. Skipper. Dan Skipper out
2: there. Dan Skipper was great today. The great. Second tallest today. man in
0: the NFL <laughs> playing left tackle and and doing exactly playing great right. out there. This right. Now, now the
2: context is it's the Colts backups too. True. And I will say the Colts—they feel pretty good about their defensive ends. Um, they have two Nigerian defensive ends um, at Yingbo and Ode Nigbo, uh, and they're—they're they're both like they're both quality players. And I thought Skipper held his own very well against those guys. Like the, if the Colts have a strength to their second team defense, it is their defensive ends and their pass rush. Yep. And uh, you did not see that manifest itself today against Detroit. And that's a credit to Dan Skipper. A lot of it anyways.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Across the across, you know, Matt Nelson, they're out there. They were playing well. Uh, A a testament to the quality of Hank Fraley as a uh, a leader and a coach on this offensive line to bring those guys up to the quality that they are. Because I remember, I mean, think back, Riz, to this time last year and the biggest gap on this team right was in the biggest point of fear was the offensive line and then they kept falling all year but next man up next man up and here we are with what looks to be a pretty big group of big guys who can play in big games if they need to
2: it made me happy to see and then again you look at the other side of the ball too um we worry some about the defensive line depth i thought john kaminsky had a great game today um, his is, is going to be one of those where we're going to have to review it on the film. And, and I, I will go through. I'll, I'll probably rewatch the game tomorrow. Um, hopefully they have the coaches tape up. Please NFL plus work to work tomorrow. Please. I really need it. I beg you. Beseech you. But, uh, I, you know, I, I like what I saw from him. I thought Bruce Hector had some reps. Demetrius Taylor showed out. And now the Colts, they are legitimately worried about their offensive line depth. And they probably should be yeah. after watching what the Lions did to them. Austin Bryant. Anybody argue with him for player of the game? Like uh, certainly on the defensive side of the ball, I love. Like, he oh, he, he yeah. Fang fantastic.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and he was he 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 was hungry when he had to get off the field after the you know they blew the whistle with the, the purported injury. Um, he came back. He got a sack. Right. I mean, it's like okay, that's my guy. We I was I was impressed. I was very very impressed. Um, love the team. We got a uh, chat. A lot of talk about Kirby um, Kirby Joseph. Um, and not a good day for Kirby. I want to say um, something else about him because there's a couple times when he looked bad, but it was because Will Harris was the guy who was on coverage and just blew it. I watched two plays consecutively where Harris just sucked. That,
2: that That's early in the game, right? Yep. Like the the, yep. sec, the, the second, the first drive. I know one of them you're talking about. Yeah,
0: I was like, ooh. Well, because I'm watching Okuda, and then it goes to the other side, and I see, and I'm like, oh, oh, no. oh, no! Is that it? Is Will Harris? Oh no!
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was, so, was... so one of the things that I took away from it, um, I, I talked with our good friend Mathis during the game. He asked if, if anybody saw what Okuda did, and I said I only counted him in for three snaps. Well, he he definitely played more than that. That that's an error. My my bad, Mathis. Um, and a couple of people on Twitter quickly corrected me on it but it shows you to do. <laughs> the Colts mentality that they're afraid to throw at Okuda when Will Harris is on the other side. And that was the case, on on, the, on especially the first drive. I think that tells you the, the kind of respect, relatively speaking, that, that Okuda gets that Will Harris doesn't get. Now, again, secondary play specifically is something that I really have to rewatch before I speak in, in any sort of certainty on it. But there was a lot, a lot of trouble with the Colts running across the field at different layers yep. and communication gaps. And this is where Kirby Joseph got hung up. There was another one, the, the late touchdown, where uh, he's he is running with the receiver. And I can't think of his name. And Mark Gilbert is carrying the receiver going the other way. And you could see them. They almost ran into each other and they basically both just stopped. And that's the type of thing that Aubrey Pleasant is going to heavy it's not going to be a pleasant film session for either of those guys. Let's yeah. put it hey.
0: And I don't know if it's that the Colts are afraid to throw to Okuda when Harris is on the field or they want to throw
2: at Harris when Harris is on the field. Right. right? And, and exactly. <laughs> and the it, six, one half goes in the other. But uh, yeah, your points will take in there
0: so we'll see and I, I wanted to see a test on Okuda especially they were supposedly testing him all week um, defense didn't perform so well on Wednesday on Thursday the Lions defense came back and played significantly better turned things around there was a little bit of shite talking between uh, Jamal Williams and uh,
2: a little bit <laughs> a Z- uh, Zaire Franklin yeah. um, oh. that was that was fun that was a fun Twitter beef by the way I don't usually get into those I, I, I enjoyed that I even wrote about that one for Lions fire I don't usually do that and I liked that one
0: a linebacker that might not make the team right, is, is, is talking smack about to Jamal Williams. He's like, okay, buddy, you, you do you if that's what works for you. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Yeah. So we're looking good. Feels good. Let's get the phone number out there. Give us a call. We'll take your calls. 248-782-8384. 248 We'll get you on the show. Hey, this is all working out. We're working out our kinks just like the Lions and the Colts did today on our preseason stuff because we want our post-game shows to be sexy and perfect. So give a call. We'll get you on live, and we'll we'll talk to you and get your take on what's going on with the Lions and, and everything else All right, uh, out there today. Brock Wright. You know something? I didn't see Brock Wright out there. Big Wes is asking.
2: He had, he had a very nice blocking day early on. After that, I didn't notice him. Let me look up. I, I have the stats right in front of me. I don't think he even got a passing target, and he did not. Uh, yeah, he didn't have a, a target all game, so I didn't throw it to him. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was a Shane Zilstra game for receptions. Um, just, just to, I'll, I'll do this very quickly just to, so it, it'll probably preempt some things. Sure. Uh, the leading receiver was Trinity Benson, four catches on five targets for 44 yards. Shane Zilstra, five receptions on six targets. He had 34 yards. And again, this is dinking and dunking down the field a lot. Uh, Tom Kennedy, five catches, 24 yards, two touchdowns. So yeah. TK doing it again, um, probably going to be the offensive player of the game. <laughs> <laughs> like, Mr. August. That, 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 right? That's sort of the way that this offense worked, though. And it worked against the Colts, who are very soft in the underbelly. Like, they love to give up the middle of the field. And, and Blau and Boyle both took advantage of that today, I thought, very nicely. They don't get out well on tight ends and backs out of the backfield. And uh I thought Ben Johnson and the Lions offense attacked it very shrewdly. I think they saw that in, in practices this week and, and exploited it nicely, just as the Colts exploited the fact that the Lions defensive backs don't run across the field very well. Yeah. Um, it, it was a, a nice little coaching chess match there.
0: This is interesting. Uh, and, and Big West makes the point for me that I was going to make and hear my notes. I didn't get to it as we were talking about Kirby. Um he was late to party the party on some pass plays, but he tackled extremely well. And that's one of the things, not just Kirby, but across the board again here in game two. Even if guys were late, even if they didn't make it, this, they did something that Lions teams the last couple years didn't do. They made the tackle, right? So many guys falling through the arms of so many. Fine, they got the first down, but they got the first down in two yards and that's it. They didn't get 25. They didn't get 30. They didn't go all the way because it threw a bunch of missed tackles. Just have to say that, you know, two kirby joseph's credit the his tackling was on point as was the rest of the secondary look you're gonna get hit sometimes you're gonna get hurt in coverage but if you can tackle first then you still have a chance if you miss your tackles like this team used to do like it was a pandemic of missed tackles on this team for years that killed us it killed us so the fundamentals of tackling tackling i'm glad we got that and if we we can do that we'll we'll get we'll get there we'll get there
2: Yeah, I felt good about Derek Barnes and his tackling today, Uh, something that he didn't do great in Atlanta. I thought he had a good game. Um, Again, it's it's something where I I want to rewatch it. But my first impression, my initial notes of it were Derek Barnes was aware today. I wrote that down. (laughs) I I, I like seeing I like making that note. And I hope to extrapolate upon that. Uh, I thought he needed a good game. Look, Rodrigo has passed him on the depth chart, and that's more about Rodrigo than it is Derek Barnes. But it is something about Derek, too. But I think he I think he acquitted himself pretty nicely today, um, playing uh, not far from where he played at Purdue. And uh, I thought... But he he looked good. Um, Rodriguez, I thought, also looked decent. Um, he was late on one coverage assignment, though. I'm gonna say that I, I'm gonna hold judgment on all of the the coverage assignment things until I see like what they're doing pre snap, and you don't really see that from the broadcast view. But just in general, I thought that the communication on the back end was poor. But Chris, you're right. I thought the tackling was fine. Like I don't I don't really recall like any like bad misses. Like there was, there was a couple of them where like the initial tackler might've like bounced a yep. little bit, yep. but then he followed it up. It wasn't like he got pancake to the ground or anything.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and it, it's, those are fundamentals that weren't there for a long time for most. I mean, you talked about uh pad level all the time with uh, Patricia pad level was never, was never there. Right. And uh, we're, we're getting there. This is, this is good stuff. This is good to see these guys coming out. It gives you a sense. Hey, Our depth is pretty, pretty pretty good shape i like what I we have it's so up.
2: much better than it has pen. oh my god yeah <laughs> Not even close yeah
0: yeah oh it's great and so I'm, I'm i feel really good um someone earlier in the chat said they didn't expect us to uh come out of there with a w they thought the uh colts would wipe the floor with us i was that was what the sense i was getting this week so it's it is very good to come out they they i thought they were going down when they gave up that last that last uh touchdown that really bummed me out because it was you know very reminiscent of the week before um the coverage on that two-point play was enough that they threw it incomplete. They were able to walk away with the win. First win in five preseason years. So, hey, that's, that's I think something. It was,
2: I think it was eight preseason games that they have lost in a row. Eight or nine. Um, I know our, our good friend Brandon Kerr uh, chimed in. I don't remember the exact number, but it's, it's been a while since we've won one. It's nice to win one. I will say this about about the perception of the Colts. I talked to a lot of Colts guys this week, including I, I interviewed Jake Arthur, the, uh, the host of Lockdown Colts yesterday on the radio. And one of the things that they said is they really, really like their starters there, but they're mortified of their depth. And I think we saw some of that say I think the Lions pretty much across the board have better depth, like at just about every spot than what the Colts do. Now they don't have the high-end starters at a lot of places that the Colts do, but that like you gotta feel better about like the from from twenty four to fifty three on the roster, the lion the lions are, are they're not at the bottom of the league anymore. They're, they're they've definitely moved up, and that's that's Brad Holmes, and that also is the coaching staff and the dedication to player development and teaching that they have so heavily stressed. We're seeing that now, and the, like again, it might not help you win. Um, when, when your starters just don't have it. But like if your starters get hurt, I feel a lot better about this team now than I did a year ago or two years ago or five years ago.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm very, very, very happy with the depth this team has happened, has, has put in place. And you're absolutely right. The player development that we're seeing and we saw it last year out of necessity. A lot of rookies played because of injury, and this this team was able to hold it together with with a patchwork of undrafted free agents and and rookie drafted players and and at the end of the year put together a real solid end to the year. These guys got a lot of live firework, a lot of exercise, and all of a sudden now we're a team where and this is something we talked about with with Quinn and it was his the idea is right, his execution was horrible. His execution was to fill every slot with. With uh, good solid depth and absolutely no stars anywhere, and then put a scheme that ensures you don't have any stars. Um, the idea is, and this is what we had, uh, you know, in our twenty fourteen and twenty eleven runs, where the team had a chance really to do something. We had great stars, we had like a lot of dudes in place, but there was no depth behind it. And then the inevitable injuries come, and the team just can't get over the hump. This is a situation where we've now started to we're starting to see some really really good depth pieces get put in place on this team and that looks like it's going to result in an opportunity here as our cap gets together we've got two first round picks again next year matthew stafford's arm's hurting who knows how good that for that other first round pick's gonna be but we can put some things together get start putting some star players together our cap's gonna be in a position where we can pick up some big players and all of a sudden you have a team that's really really on the cusp i this year i i i I mean this Kool Aid mode where there's a chance they could they could make it to the playoffs, right? And once you're in, then anything can happen. The the Giants proved that for us. But um, I know this isn't the year, is? I know next year is the year where they make a serious run. I don't. I, I, it's hard to hold onto those horses, bro. Keep, it keep really
2: remembering is. it, but yeah, you do need to hold your horses there. I, look, I know it's tough. I know we we expectations are high. We're feeling good. We're, we're you know we're a lot of people are drinking the Kool Aid. And I, I'm telling, I, I I said it yesterday. I've, I've said it on this show many times. I'm feeling real good about the direction of the team, but they they just don't have the 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 top end talent at enough positions to to truly take that next step. But with the two draft picks that they've got, with cap room coming up, with uh, a couple of necessary changes, a little bit more continuity of player development, 2023. I'm feeling great about it. And I know, wait till next year. Look, look, I'm from Cleveland. I understand, wait till next year. That's my home city's mantra. <laughs> but I, I, I'm telling you, man, this rebuild is going better than I hoped it would at this point already. Yeah. might not mean that they're getting 10 wins this year. But I'm feeling very strongly about the, the proper direction of the football team and the coaching staff and the player development. And that's that's what you need to get out of the, the, the cycle of losing and suck that they've been in for way too long. Uh,
0: all right. So we've got a lot. We've got a lot coming on. This is our post-game show. As you know, this is our – just to kind of get it back in gear and get the feel for it for the new year. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag, but I will say there is construction going on right now. And I think – like literal, I think you guys are going to be really excited about what we do with the post game show this year. It's going to be something new, something different.
2: Oh, you're not talking about the construction on 104th Avenue in Holland over there? The reason oh, no, no. I can't get out of my house right now.
0: Yeah, I may or may not be able to <laughs> confirm that it is in Michigan. I'll just leave it there.
2: <laughs> DOP
0: Studios coming to you. All right, let's uh, let's look at Justin Jackson out there. Impressive. I thought he would be coming in. And let's okay. Now I got to stop. Justin All Jefferson. Right. He is friends of a friend of ours. Yes, he is. Brian Burkheiser, <laughs> yes, clean vocals is. for "I Prevail," who just released an album. I, 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 I have to. I have to. I, I gave it a listen yesterday. I put my took my son to school. We were out for two days. I, I just did the math. In I'm leaving again tomorrow for work. In the in a month, a month, the thirty days period, I'm going to spend ten month ten nights in my own bed out of thirty. It's freaking nuts. But anyway, I got a chance to listen to the new album yesterday and i just there's the it's
2: loaded with bangers very good it's it's diverse too Yep. um they they get into more of their um hip-hop roots side and they pull it off pretty well like you know you know me chris i i'm i'm metal man like that's that's what i'm all into but i i have enjoyed i've listened to it twice now i listened to it on the way home from the radio studio last night listen to it again i took a walk before the game today and i'm i'm feeling it it's it's it's, it's good brian brian you did really good on this <laughs> really good
0: so i'm, I'm just gonna in, in my first listen i got three favorites There's, and I'm, I'm telling you it's full of bangers we got three favorite songs that i that just hit me and i was like i gotta write them down so i got uh self-destruction absolutely love that that's a that's a ripper um Fwytyk, freaking love that! And long live the king. Those three. If if you, well, if you long live the king
2: was my fir- my first listen favorite song off of it.
0: Yep, yep. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Uh, and and I know Riz and I are going to have a little bit different likes, but we're going to like a lot of the same stuff. Great. Uh, congratulations, Brian. Congratulations, to the guys. And I prevail. Yeah. What an album. Yeah. This is this is. And so, so we
2: forward. we bring I Prevail up because. Justin Jackson has an, I prevail tattoo.
0: Yes. Yes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And he, uh, he, he, he puts some ink and tattooed the the Colts today. So this is interesting. I want to, I want to bring this up because this is one of the things that I was writing about just before we went on the air Four different lions running backs today had seven carries, Justin Jackson, 54 yards, Craig Reynolds, 37, Godwin Igualeweke 32 and the touchdown, which by the way was just a two yard touchdown. He could have gone further on it. Uh, and Jeremiah Jefferson had 25. Uh, that's uh, J- again, Jackson, Jackson and Reynolds stood out for the fact that they get the ball and they freaking go. No hesitation. And you saw today behind this line and the running scheme that they have. You cannot wait for that hole. You have to go where you think it's going to be because the, you got to trust that your line's going to make it there. And, and by and large, the line does a pretty good job of that. Which that's, goes what, to that's exactly- what Justin Jackson does that's what Craig Reynolds does and he, that's he, he not necessarily it, what Godwin does, and it's absolutely not what Jermar does. No, and you saw that today,
0: and the, and, and this goes back. A lot of people were talking about Deuce and coaching Swift and the, the, uh, at Hard Knocks and reading Swift's face when he when when Deuce was up on him, right? And a lot yes. of people said, "Oh man, he's maybe that's not the right style for him." I'm not sure that that's right, but I did get it like just on his face alone, I was like, "Ooh, this is this hurts him, right? He's this is this is hurting him." What he does with that hurt, I don't know, but it's like, wow, "Wow, okay." But that's exactly what deuce was talking about with swift is what reynolds was doing today a book a book i'm not this is going to get me I, I, i've you're said it a million times and now i am just it's in my head but that's what we saw these guys and you're right jamar jefferson just wasn't that today godwin just wasn't that oh, and, and, uh, and that, that's Jackson. a coaching
2: point from deuce daily like you saw it on hard knocks but we we see that every day in camp he's like try, you can hear him yell it trust your line, trust your line. And when they did today, they had really nice results when they didn't, it didn't go well.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep. That's uh that's, that's pretty, it's, it's, I love it how you can tie these things together. And it's one of those things. I mean, I'm selfish now. I just want hard knocks every year in Detroit because to be able to see camp and then see the coaching directly like that, and then see how that, 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 uh, It evolves into the play on the field. You could see exactly. Jamar Jefferson was not cutting up the middle and trusting the team. He was not doing that. And you saw this, I hope, is a great visual for Swift to see now. Look, this is what I was talking about. Now you can see, and maybe it's one on one because you don't want to uh, you make the other guys you know feel bad, or maybe you do it with them in the room, hoping they'll learn. Right? I mean, that's up to a coach and his style and how he does it. But this is an opportunity for Swift to see. This is why it works. Trust yep. your line, cut that inside, and go, and you will go for miles. And I think this is this is like I'm I'm, I'm really excited to see how this lines up.
2: I I hope he watched Craig run over the safety too. Because, look, look, we know DeAndre Swift is rocked up, man. He is built. He has the capability to run through people. He chooses not to. Greg Reynolds, who might be the like the thickest running back in the league right now, outside of Derrick Henry, maybe um, in terms of like upper body girth, like dude is loaded up top. I've seen him without his shirt on. It's like, wow, like he he looks like a professional bodybuilder, but he isn't afraid to use that to drop the shoulder and run through somebody. And that's something I, I know. I can't say how I know, but I know that they have told Swift to do more of that. And this is another like it's on tape now that it it can work for Craig. It can work for you, too, DeAndre. I hope watch this tape with your coach, please, because it's reinforcing exactly what he's telling you. And And you have the capability to do it. That's my end of my open letter to DeAndre Swift. (laughs) I would put a PS on it. And
0: if you don't, these guys are and they can take your spot. And that's one of the things we'll get to Tom Kennedy next because I want to talk about him and the hard work that he puts in. But that's one of the things that these coaches are looking for. Are you doing what your coach should do? Are you executing like you're supposed to? If you can't, I don't care where you were drafted. If we have somebody that can do it and is doing it, they'll take your spot. End of story. Doesn't matter your name, position, and everything, unless you're the oh, quarterback.
2: Chris, that's such a great segue into Tom Kennedy, too. Yeah. Because he just took the spot of somebody who got
0: drafted. So let me well, and let me ask you, uh-huh. you've got kind of Pimpleton bouncing around, you got Cephas yeah. bouncing around now, hurt. I think you could probably stash him on Cephas on like pack practice squad or or pup, right? Something you could stash him somewhere. Well, so he,
2: he can't go on the PUP because he's played. Yeah, Um, you, you can't go on to the PUP in the regular season if you weren't on it to begin preseason. So that's not an option. They could. IR him, though. I think he's healthy. He practiced this week, so he's just got to be better if he wants to make the team. He's got one week left to prove that he's better than Tom Kennedy, better than Trinity Benson, better than Maurice Alexander, who, by the way, is locked up the return job today, in my opinion. And so far, from what we've seen from Quintus Cephas, he's not, not, not markedly better enough than any of those guys to take their job.
0: Yeah, Alexander, I, I, I want to go back to Kennedy. Yeah, he had some great runs, but. I didn't get a sense that he was fast. Am I looking at this like wrong? He just didn't seem to have the speed. He just was. He's, in great blocking he's,
2: he's more sizzle. Um, yeah. He's a guy that's going to make you miss. He's a guy that, that can avoid you at high speed. Um, he does. The thing that he does, he is not as top end fast as some other guys, but he doesn't have to slow down to make cuts. And that's what you want from a return man. And uh, look, he was fantastic today. Um, my guy Max Gerber wrote about it during the game. I posted it up on Lions Wire. Please check it out. It, he he was so exactly what they exactly what Dave Phipp wants from a return man today. Like I, I can't fathom him not having that return job now.
0: Can Can we think just how much time makes a difference? We're talking about Cephas now, as maybe not making the team or whatever. He was number one
2: last year. I he mean, started week one last year and was the leading receiver in week one last year. And based on merit this summer, he is not one of the six best receivers in Lions camp. And just hasn't been, I (laughs) wouldn't say he
0: hasn't changed maybe a little better, but hurt, but from last year, You know what I mean? He's still the same guy. So we're talking about now the elevation of the rest of the wide receiver room. And we're talking about the guy that started and was the number one receiver last year on this roster as possibly not making the team. That's how significantly better that room has gotten for this team. And I mean, we saw it once when golf played. We've heard a lot about golf's play with those receivers. This again, this is going to be an offensive team. And this team is going to rely on the offense scoring points to win. And I think this time we're actually in a position to be able to watch them do that. But Tom Kennedy, he's
2: who does he remind I, you of? Who's who's the big name he reminds you of? I mean, we had Danny Amendola here mm-hmm. uh, and that 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 one certainly fits. I, I'm going to go back in time and, and like if you recognize who this name is, God bless you. Um he played for the Cleveland Browns when Bill Belichick was their coach and Marty shot him. Brian Brennan was number 86 on those really good Browns teams in the late 80s and early 90s. Just the consummate, like annoying as bleep to guard slot receiver, T- super tough, super sticky handed white guy a tenacious blocker plays bigger than his size. That that guy is forever Brian Brennan to me. Like I, I know there's I know that there's Lions guys that have done that. Every team has this guy in their their past. Yep. But yeah, that that that's who he reminds me of. And Brian Brennan, by the way, played in the NFL for a hell a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that like so this is Kennedy. This is his fourth year. He's never really like made it. Like he's been practice squad and then he gets called up and you know maybe somebody gets hurt and he gets promoted for a couple of weeks and then he goes back. I'm going to defer a little bit here to my old partner, Eric Schlitt from Pride of Detroit, because he, he made a very good point on it. And that is that, that when you are a reserve wide receiver, you've got to be really good on special teams. And right now, Kennedy hasn't been that guy. He doesn't return. Uh, they've given him shots at returning, and uh, Maurice Alexander, Khalil Pimpleton, and then I'll even mark Gilbert as a cornerback was better than him at returning. Um, and they can put Amon Ra back there as a returner. They can put Khalif. I got to say, right, it's Khalif Raymond. Um, the, 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 he's better as a return guy, too. So that it's iffy. Like right now, if I were doing it, the roster projections and I have to do one. Um, he's number 53 for me. I, I've got him in as 53.
0: Interesting. That's that's the biggest gamble spot. <laughs>
2: you're allowed to
0: have right. a, You're not allowed to take a flyer there. OK, that's, yeah. So he
2: makes 53. And then they claim a defensive tackle off of another team, and he goes away. But then, then he then he gets claimed by the Patriots or the Bears, um, oh, who need wide receiving help. Ben pulls beyond up beyond
0: Jeff beyond Chadwick. You can imagine Ben pulls up Jeff Chadwick, and I, I got to say, I actually have an autographed <laughs> picture of Jeff Chadwick rolling around. I have to pull that. That's out. a good
2: one, man. <laughs> that, that's a good pull. I that's like that. Deep.
0: That's deep. Good one, Ben. <laughs> Um, Okay, let's talk about what we saw, Um, Rodrigo and uh, Jared Davis. Um, Jared, I saw a a replay of Rodrigo just playing like big pimp style, like a a multi-year starter. And Jared did his thing where he just blew past and completely misread the ball. Ball carrier ran right by him and he locked into a block instead. And then he kept going into the backfield even after the runner was behind him by five yards. I was like, oh,
2: man. He also did on a pass rush where he got the initial advantage on the right tackle, and the right tackle just started to ride him a little bit and ran him 15 yards past the point of attack, and it let, let it do an easy completion for the quarterback at the time. That was, that was when Ellinger was in.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Uh, he, he had no concept that he was allowed to use his hands to try and disengage from the block. And that, by the way, has been a massive coaching point Stressed specifically to him by his position coach I can tell you that for a fact and he flopped miserably at it today that does not help Jared Davis
0: <laughs> All right let me re- refresh everyone's memory the the phones are open if you want to give us a call 248-782-8384 248-782-8384 or you can call us on Skype and that is Detroit Lions podcast. It's all one word, Detroit Lions podcast. Give us a ring. We'll get you on there and we'll uh, we'll talk Lions, get your responses, your reviews of uh, today's game in the Lions and how they're doing. Oh, man. I tell you, it was a tough week. I, I didn't realize taking my boy to college was going to be as emotional a moment as it was. And uh, rolling around the house, he's the only one, right? So rolling around and it's empty. It's like if you've ever lost a pet. And it's, this sounds weird. And you look also, you like see them out of the corner of your eye and they're there. That's happened to me with him so many times. Ah,
2: wow. Already. Tough, and it's just been what, two, two, three days, two days, in. <laughs>
0: man, it's, yeah, tough,
2: it's weird this week. Um, you, you've gone through this. I've had three um, college friends that had their last one go off to college oh. this week oh. and they're all like what do i do now
0: i'm like, too young to be an empty nester i'm like like I, I, empty nesters have gray hair <laughs> and walkers and shit like what the hell do i do i mean like my yeah. wife and i have my, got some my, stuff planned to, like, my to friend to Kristen,
2: who did this she she's 47 yeah. like and she's she's empty nesting her all three of her kids are gone <laughs> she's like do i drink wine all day now <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, man. All right. Let's get into it. Uh, so you guys got the phone number. Uh, let's get a call. We got a call coming in right now. Oh, good. Let's see if we can. Hey, caller, what's your name? How much have you had to drink today?
1: Well, it's your buddy from down the Ozarks. How you doing, Chris? Yeah. Brandon? <laughs> Yeah,
0: <laughs> I, I just realized, Planet. Brandon. I saw your call coming in. Usually, the way it rings, like you got, you all can't hear it, but it rings in my headset. I had that part turned off. So, if anyone else called, yeah. I apologize. I missed your call. <laughs> but anyway, Brandon, so good to have oh. you on, man. You are here and ready to go. What do you think of today's game?
1: Oh, uh, I, I tell you what, uh, this <laughs> this kind of win was a long time coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it according to uh, what the, I, I heard from, from someplace else that it had been eight games that they had yeah. straight losses. And I thought, well, it's time finally for somewhere to get started. I mean, I remember when Matt Stafford got drafted and everybody was up and down about him. They thought he was a you know, class trying it all because of his injuries. And then, then all of a sudden he started breaking losing streaks. Uh, first at home, then at uh, away, then it was certain teams, and then uh, in, in division, and then finally it was Green Bay, in Green Bay. So I thought, well, hopefully this is what we're starting to see. You know, it's, it's a little step, but it's something. I mean, especially, how many of you guys at the end of the game were thinking they're going to go for two and lose the game?
0: Oh God! Yeah, I, I mean, it was over. I, I was like, I was like, we squandered it just like the week before. I, that's where, hundred percent, where I was. Yeah,
1: me too. <laughs> <So I> told, <laughs> and then I saw the pass go into the ground. I said. Oh, my goodness, I
0: don't believe they're going to win this silly thing. It's so fun. And it means uh, a lot to a young team. We can sit here and say, yeah, yeah. it's the twos and threes playing. But you have a lot of young guys out there who haven't seen that win. You know what I mean? First year guys and the guys last year that didn't, you know, they ended the year with a couple, but they needed, I feel like they wanted and needed to feel that sensation of winning a game now early to to kind of remind themselves that we can do it, to get that, you know, like Aaron Glenn was talking about, uh, about, you know, when he went, when you went out and played with Ohio State, you didn't go out there expecting to lose. You went out there expecting to win every single time. You got to do that. You got to change your mindset. That mentality, I, I think this win today helps put that kind of cement that in the mindset that not only is that the way you need to think, but it's achievable. They can do that. And I think this is, this is helpful as, as meaningful as a preseason win can be, I think is what the Lions got today.
1: Exactly. Uh, I I think of this way too. The players are beginning to execute what the coaching has been slamming them about. I mean, look, you guys talked about the running backs. All of a sudden, they're all doing what we saw in Hard Knocks, what Deuce was telling uh, Swift to do. And since he was pointing him out, you know the rest of them are sitting there listening to him, And they all did it. Uh, you're, you're looking at coaching aspects of, of other parts of the defense. All of a sudden, did you guys know? I had to look it up. And I don't know if you saw it in chat, but I looked up the stats on the rushing game for the Colts. I mean, I had to listen to the Colts side of the broadcast. 18 attempts, 30 yards. That's not even two yards per. Yep, yep. That is how good these guys did. And they listened to coaching. So, evidently, what happened this week uh, during the uh, combined uh, practices, it started showing up because remember how good, how bad they were one day, then the next day, all of a sudden, they just shut them down in the red zone. I looked at the, the stats again, only two, the two touchdowns were in the red zone, but the one, of course, was a busted deep pass. But that still shows much, much more improvement with these guys. And these are the depth guys. They aren't the, the, the primary guys. And that goes so, to player development. I, I right? don't know. It was good.
0: That goes to player development. Yep. Right, Brandon? I mean, that's what we see. Not only do we see, you know, as a team over longer term periods of time, but you're seeing the coaching work with these guys over the course of two practices and then a scrimmage basically. Right. And, you know, the, it was Jared Goff throwing in the practices. These guys weren't getting the the big reps in the practices that we saw out there today. But we saw what the the the, uh, the coaching did. And we saw this evolution of the team to pull out a win. And that's all you want. I mean, look. Last year we we lost a whole bunch of games by a sixty nine million yard field goal with you know no time left in the clock and yeah. a whole bunch of last second games. Guess what? This is different. We won a last second game. Whether it's through great coverage and a, and, a, and and they threw it incomplete whatever, right? We won that game. Whatever we lost those games last week. The wins come whether they're big, small, or whatever. I mean, you don't go from being a, a three win team to suddenly dominating teams across the field week after week after week. Right. It's incremental. It goes to that kind of thing that I talked about earlier, where it's hard not to feel like this team could be taking that next step. I think they're taking the next step, but I just don't see them breaking down the doors in the playoffs and and, you know, getting to the second round of the playoffs. I think next year is when we're going to start really seeing this team make their serious runs and see all the fruit of these these kind of two years of labor that that Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell and the rest of the coaching staff has put in.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'll i just go ahead and uh, get on out of here. I know others are probably trying to call in. Uh, a couple of things. Uh, Notice uh, Bryant, all of a sudden he's starting to come alive, and we've seen some real evidence of that, but it still is against seconds and thirds. I'd like to see what he does against the first stringers, but I don't think we're going to see that in preseason now because the third game will not have that. Uh, second of all, somebody mentioned, and I had to agree with it, I don't think we saw a serious penalty against this team in, until way late into the third quarter, yep. and I think it jacked them up to where it caused a three and out. Uh, but the, the point is, there's discipline there as far as penalties. Yes. I mean, what was remember the biggest thing we hated about Schwartz's teams is they were undisciplined with their penalties. And watching yep. some of their old games, I noticed that. I said, like, "Oh yeah, I forgot about that." Oh, Always <laughs> you know running into the back end. And, causing penalties, holding, whatever, you know. Well, we didn't see any of that this time to speak of. So those are two things that's really good. And, Jeff, I'm going to ask you, mention that you need – we need to still need some, uh, some impact players, probably like some stars. Where on defense do you want playmakers? Uh, I'm wondering about a linebacker and a uh, safety. But are they on the team – that can be trained to become playmakers or do you feel that we're still uh, looking for one maybe next year with our first round pick? I'll get out of here guys. This was great. Love it. Take care. All
2: right. Bye-bye. Take care, Brandon. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Brandon. Uh, it's a good question. So I do think that Tracy Walker is emerging as that sort of playmaker on the back end. I would like to see, so uh, Amani is a playmaker. That, that's, that's the kind of corner that he is his issue is that he has to do the non uh, it, it's it, look, Dallas is having this conversation now about digs down there and that he led the NFL in interceptions last year, but he also led the NFL in yards allowed and in, in coverage. And like right now over warrior is sort of the poor man's version of that. Like he's really good at taking the ball back, but he's also like, like he's not stopping the, the opposing receiver from getting off very well. Um, So if if he could do that, that would be great. Yeah, Uh, I think I think I think when we see Jerry come back, I think you're going to see some semblance of order on the depth chart restored and like Jerry can be a playmaker. I don't I'm not going to dog Jerry on that, but I, I think Jerry's best attribute, quite honestly, his two best attributes are his toughness in coverage and his tackling. And they, they certainly need both of those. I'm not sure that he's going to come up with more than one or two interceptions, though. He might he might cause a fumble, but that, that that's just not like like his mentality is to to make the play, not necessarily go for the big play and perhaps give up the big play. And that, that that's that's a mentality and i I don't i kind of like that by the way
0: yeah no and and, and we have to remember right let's think about his role he was the second highest rated cornerback rookie cornerback in the league last year which is huge because you think about the development of cornerbacks from rookie usually it's like a three-year development plan from from (laughs) draft to um to to actually being at their you know starting to hit their 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 peak and their their capability um I feel like the the injury is going to be a little bit slow, but Jerry is so focused and so in there. He's, I, I he's I I see Jerry and and what he's putting in. I, I I sense he's the kind of guy that we're going to get an incremental improvement out of this year, and then next year we're going to see some uh, significant, yeah. significant. Good stuff. I
2: don't I don't want to throw the bar too high for him though, because he's missed training camp yep. and doesn't have the live reps to build upon his first season. Exactly. That's you know, like that. That's a detriment, but yeah, I, I think that will help. I think Aiden Hutchinson, as he continues to grow, and as he continues to get more comfortable playing with Aleem McNeil, um, who, by the way, um, was really, really good this week. Um, I got that from several Colts people. They're like, who the – bleep yeah. is 54. Yeah. Why is why do I not know who this guy is? Well, you know who he is now, and the rest yeah. of the league's gonna find out too. He is one of the best young nose tackles in the league. And he's also playing some 3T and uh doing some damage there.
0: You talk about guys taking it to the next level. He was one of the guys that we talked about, and boy, he has done it. He has absolutely so far through camp and through the game when he's played, he has stepped his game up to another fribbing level. Really, really good stuff. Um, yeah. let's really quick. Got a call coming yeah. in right, uh, right here. Caller, what's your name? Let's how much have you had a drink?
3: Hey, it's, uh, it's Grant. Uh, just cracked the first one after the, uh, after the, the game here. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: it's a little celebratory. For you guys. Alcohol
3: for you. Um, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, with, with, uh, how poor, I guess, our, our free agent, um, you know, low low end free agent acquisitions have been is, is that a concern for Holmes? You know, seeing Tom Kennedy beat out like a Trinity Benson, and uh, you know, reading that Hughes might not make the team, um, is that a reason of concern of Holmes? Of you know, I know it's low end free agency, but but still bring in these guys and having new and sure. other guys beat them out.
0: Sure. Let me really quick before we answer that, just hit everybody up. Uh, I want to say thanks to uh vanelli Vaz, vanelli thanks so much for the subscribe you guys all hit the subscribe button really quick we appreciate that that helps us out helps folks find out about the show those subscriptions are big also if you like the show if you like what we do uh check it out we got some good stuff you can hit the the uh the the notification button with that hit the like button all those things it helps us out a lot and helps other people find the show so uh we we have said we're only gonna talk about that once per show so we're just telling you now hit that like button please and also cool. hit the subscribe button. We love you guys for doing that. That helps us out a lot. If you want to super chat along the way, that's cool. I mean, we've got construction going on. So, you know, it helps to fund all that, um, which is, smells a little bit like 4K. All right. Sorry, Grant. Uh, Riz, I'm going <laughs> to, after my little aside there, I'm going to hand it to you and let you hit it first.
2: Yeah. So, um, I, look, wide receiver is tough. Um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look to some of the other positions where he has hit. Um, and by the way, DJ Shark didn't play today. Uh, and he right now is wide receiver one with a bullet on this team. He has been phenomenal this summer. Um, in fact, uh, I uh, uh, self promotion. I get to write the uh, the you know the USA Today Sports Weekly that you see at like the 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 airport or the, the the checkout stand. I write the Lions section for that during the season. And I wrote this week that the most impressive player is DJ Chark that I've seen all summer um, because he has he has consistently cooked everybody. Um, and, and actually, one of the reasons why um, why on social media I am higher on Okuda and lower on Orewarie than a lot of people are is because I watch DJ Shark every single day, blast past Orewarie, and Okuda can at least match his speed. Doesn't always keep stay covered with him, but DJ is going to be really good, folks. Uh, this this is a guy who do you want? On surprised Justin surprised if Jefferson? he gets a thousand yards.
0: Who do you want on Justin Jefferson?
2: He's he's been solid like
0: they're asking, Do you want Oroye or Okuda on Justin Jefferson? I want Okuda. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's exactly what I'm saying. I mean, that kind of speed, you just need somebody to match it so he has a chance. If you if you're not there, you don't even have a chance to make the play.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So um, as, as far as the rest of the free agency, like I, I'm happy with the Elliott for, with what I've seen from him this summer so far, I think he's going to be better at that position than Will Harris was. Now, Obviously that's a low bar. I get that. But uh, I like, I, I like what I see from him and, and he is a guy and, and we, we get to talk to coach Brian Duker, the, the safeties coach a lot. And Duker's, Duke is a pretty like straight shooter, um, and and by the way, can also bench press me if he needs to. Uh, he, but he's like, you're gonna see how smart Deshaun is, and we've seen glimpses of it. We we saw a little bit of it last week. He's gonna be better than I think what we've seen so far, and as it continues to grow, the chemistry that he gets with with Tracy, um, with the revolving door at nickel corner and nickel safety, whoever's in there, um, like. I, I, Look, could it be better? Yeah, it could. Uh, I think Charles Harris has been a great find. Uh, I think uh, the scrappy find there. Mike Hughes probably not working out, like as it was, you know. But then you find like John Kaminsky. If John Kaminsky is your number five defensive end slash number five DT, and right now I've got him making that role, like you're pretty good there. Yeah, <laughs> Like that guy, that guy's that guy has been better than than what we've seen from Julian O'Quara this summer when Julian has in the rare occasions he's been healthy enough to play uh, that and that's that's a very promising thing
0: i'll say in a more in a big broader view on the kind of free agent kind of wire kind of pull from homes. I'm not concerned yet about what he's doing because he was handed a nightmare with the cap and there's just so much he's had to do to try to get that into his mold. And I mean, first of all to, to put players in the field last year, right? I mean, we got burned. We had to pick up some people along the way, just because we needed to be able to put people on the field that kind of hampered him. And he already was stuck with, with uh, a crappy situation to start with. I see in the next year, This year into next year, I see a lot of that cap stuff getting fixed. I see with the depth we're seeing in the team right now, I see us making a lot more moves on the free agent side because you're getting those players to kind of help put you over the top. And I see I feel like we'll have the ability to do that um, at that point.
3: Right on. And then, and the last question As a proud member of golf is the guy on the slack. Uh, how did he, how did he do in camp and, and give me the optimistic output? We're trying to gain members and golf is a guy here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wasn't in Indy this week, so I didn't see him down there. I will tell you what I got from reporters from both sides was that he was okay. The first day and really good the second day. And I think that's, that's a general consensus from both Colts and Lions people. Uh, he has looked, for from my eyes, and I've said this repeatedly. Uh, he looks so much more confident in his surroundings and in the offense that is more suited to what he likes to do. That I, th- I think, look, he, he's he's miles ahead of where he was a year ago. Uh, as is the entire offense, and he's he's a key part of that. Is he going to be a guy that wins you games? probably not like he's going to make, he's going to make some throws that are, you're going to be like, Oh, Jared Goff. Okay. All right, let's go. Um, I, I put him and, and, uh, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, i quote Ben Raven off this, uh, Ben Raven from Life. I had him on, um, I was huge yesterday, by the way. And I'm, I, I got to talk about that for a second. Hey. I was the huge show yesterday. I got to sit in, um, Bill Simonson was off on vacation. He let me host the show by myself yesterday, which was awesome. Um, and, and I interviewed several people. One of them was Ben Raven. And, and he said that one of the things that he sees in Jared Goff is that, can he be our Kirk cousins? Yes, he can. And I believe that too. I think he can be the lion's version of Kirk cousins. Now people are rolling their eyes, but I mean, what does Kirk cousins have? Like is Kirk cousins, a guy that's like, like Vikings are pretty good passing offense um, in spite or because <laughs> like put a slash in there about, about what Kirk cousins is. Jared Goff can be that guy. I have no, no doubt in my mind about that. He can be Ryan Tannehill. He can be, uh, insert slightly above average quarterback here, um, th- with a good cast can, can lead them to, to good things. Matt Schaub comes to mind back in the day with Houston. Um, not a guy like a guy that if you don't ask him to win games, he can win games for you. If you ask him to win games, he's probably going to disappoint you. And I think that the, the cast that he's got now, he's probably not going to have to win too many games for you. And that, that makes me comfortable with where Jared Goff is right now. I hope that answers the question.
3: Oh, yeah. Goff is that's, the guy. That's all we can ask for at this point. He's on the he's on the upward trajectory. Goff is the guy. And he's going to just keep on going up, baby. There you go. Let's go. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys.
0: All right. Thanks, brother. We'll talk to you. <laughs> thanks, man.
3: <laughs> thanks, man. Okay, bye.
0: All right. Yeah, that's uh, for those who are not in the know, the uh, Patreon Slack chat. Join Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get in as little as $5 a month. Get you access to the most intelligent Lions chat on the Internet. It is spectacular. There's a channel. Goff is the guy. There's also a channel. Goff is not the guy. Um, barbecue gambling there's all kinds of different we're, channels we're, we're
2: we're uh we're, we're we're allowing you to be on either side of the coin
0: <laughs> yeah 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 that's right and i mean it, people create the channels it's great great community of people a couple hundred people hanging out and having a good time talking lions and other topics as well it's a great place to go respectful disagreement it's a good good group of people so head on over there patreon.com slash detroit lions podcast little as five bucks a month gets you in there all right i want to talk about tight ends really quick um there's Hand, a lot of them, Chris. Yeah. Well, let's start out. Uh, hands up when you think of tight ends. Did you see Dees? Dees nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get you that time.
2: <laughs> he played well today. Had a good game. Yes. Um, didn't didn't play till late, but he was he was integral on the 18 play scoring drive. He, he Dees had a good, nuts. a good series there. <laughs> Sorry, I just, Dees nuts. Can't get it enough. <laughs>
0: okay yeah no that was that was good stuff um he was he was zilstra Z- <laughs> i was gonna say zikstra and i think that's a, a freaking car dealership zilstra
2: zilstra um yes it t- is zilstra by the way i'm not from the official um lions pronunciation guide though i will say when you hear him say it so i live in Zeeland, michigan and it sounds like he's sailing Saying zeal real fast, like zealstra, yeah, um, almost like with a Russian accent, like that's bullshit. That that kind of accent. Sorry, I'm slow there. The bullshit, like that. Yeah, zealstra. Yeah, that kind of accent. I love that
0: kind. Of. <laughs> he's
2: he's hard. Call in, dude. If you're there, call in. Did, did you hear the Panthers just lost uh, Corral? I have not. I'm uh, I'm Frank. focused on three other things right at the moment. I'm uh, uh, so Frank um, sucks. To, 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 to give you a little glimpse behind the curtain, I have five things that I have to have published by about eight o'clock tonight. I've done two of them, and somebody's writing another one. He actually just texted me that it's done, so that's good. Um, I'm also in charge. My wife is on a flight right now to Switzerland um, and she just sent me pictures of her. Um, she's, she's flying business class um, from Chicago to Zurich and she just sent me pictures of it. And holy crap, I need to fly business class. I need to get with an employer that does that. So I'm like minding my kids. And I'm trying to get them to figure out their own dinner. And I'm doing this podcast. So I got, I got, I got, only, a few, got a few irons in the fire today. <laughs> the
0: only way to do international, my friend is, is upfront like that. And once you do it, you won't be able to fly any other way. You'll just,
2: she just she just literally said that she's like I am never doing econ again. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> it is it is. I mean, the lay flat blood. when I went to, when I went to India, it was like I mean, it was just short of getting a massage on the plane. It was it was fine.
2: It was fine. All right. So yeah, so I, I, I was I was unaware that the the Panthers were even playing. To be honest with you, <laughs> there you go, there you go.
0: All right, so let's talk a little bit. Um, I think we got that. We got the the phones. Let's open. do.
2: The, let's go back to the tight ends for a second. Okay. Um, uh, yep. Um, Zilstra had a really strong game. I think he and he is he's a converted wide receiver uh, and he he plays tight end like you would expect that. But I saw from him today blocking. He blocked on, on the first two Craig Reynolds runs. And Craig had runs of 10 and 11 yards right off the bat as soon as he came in. Shane Zilstra had good blocks on both of them. He wasn't the only one but he like. And if he can do that, like he's. He's miles ahead of Devin Funches, then, if he can do that. Because Funches, look, he had a great game last week. He hadn't done a lot in camp before that. He's not a blocker. That's just not – like, he's a good blocker for a wide receiver, but isn't, like, a tight end. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not been good in camp and, at blocking. And nor has Zylstra. So, seeing it today, like, oh my, like it, being an asset in the run game – yeah, that, that helped him a lot in the quest to be TE3. Now, the other thing, though, we saw James Mitchell today. James Mitchell, the rookie draft pick, yes, that means something, also made a couple of nice catches on that long drive late in the game. He played a little bit more than I expected to see him today. He's coming back off that ACL that he made most of the year. He still doesn't look 100%, but, like, you're seeing why they like him because he is a massive target, yeah. um, super long arms, Broad shoulders, runs decent routes, doesn't have a lot of twitch to him. But you also saw him um, sort of get into some run blocking today, too. So it, it, that, that's a spot. Look, tight end is, is not a an asset position for this team. But I will say this: They're going to cut at least one, who's going to wind up on another fifty-three, and we're going to want to like how in the how in the world did we come from the the absence of Darren Fells to the emergence of Brock Wright this summer? And Brock Wright, um, look, didn't didn't get didn't right. get targets today. He's tight in too. I don't think there's any question no, about that. No. So then you're looking at you know Zilstra and Funches and Mitchell, like all competing for that last spot. Maybe Zilstra would get through to the practice squad. Funches is not a guy who would stick around on the a, practice squad. He's going to look for another job somewhere else, and I don't blame him for that. I don't that think one, we're going to see
0: Funches. I don't with the injury. I just, just don't think we're going to see him. I think his his run here is
2: is done. I, now I, I, it wouldn't shock me if he took an injury settlement. Honestly, yeah, like, <laughs> and, and and it is what it is. You know, I I hate it because he he came he started out he had the the first day he was in camp he was really good yeah and then for like a week you're like. Is he here? Um who's thirteen? Oh 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 oh! He was running um, and something, then, off. And then, he, then he had a couple of good g- days again. And he played well last week. He played great last week. Yep. But it, it, you're going to need that more consistency. And I think we've seen more consistency from Shane Zilstra And he had a game today, yep. both in the run and the pass game, and that's very important.
0: Yep. Um, the, the first day of camp that was open to the public, so the, it was um, the Lions' loyal fans. Yeah. Um, he was he was running something off on the sidelines all day. He he had something that he tweaked and he didn't play. Uh, two days later he was playing and that was great and he was he was out there saw him in the game it's like okay we're seeing this we're seeing something good bunches bunches of votes and all that and then um
2: that injury i just i just feel like this he's is, been healthy for one week yep since the opening week of the 2019 season yeah
0: i don't think anyone's going to bet trust on that. that i don't think anyone's going to bet on him yep
2: yeah all yeah, right, now now let me ask. When, when you're hurt, when you're a hurt guy, it's really tough to shake out yeah. people.
0: Availability is a key ability in the NFL. Yeah, you know it is. Um, let's talk about um, the other tight ends. There's something that Holmes does well, and he and as rosters get cut. And get down to the final 53. And let's I'll, I'll, let me hit on that really quick, just to kind of give people the the context around when that's happening. Uh, we went from 90 to 85 on August 16th. In three days, on the 23rd of August, we're going to go down to 80 players. And then on August 30th, it goes. This is the hard one: 80 to 53. So that's going to be a a, a a big move there. But we think about where we're at on these with these roster cuts and what's coming up. Holmes is a guy that has no problem moving guys around that are kind of at that bottom of the roster. And when those cuts are coming, people are thinking number 53, who is that? Well, I feel fine at tight end. Maybe I can get myself, you know, in exchange for a tight end A, you know, a cornerback or a linebacker or something that's that's along the lines of the same skill level that maybe could make this team because we don't have as as much depth there. So I I'd, I'd look for homes to maybe do a little bit of arbitrage in that space to try to uh do some trading before those final cuts to to help form out that 53.
2: There we're a couple of trades in the NFL this week, too. I know the Rams made one. I think the Jets made one. Um, yeah, you're going to see a lot of waiver claims. So one thing with the cut down this week, this week is also where you can shift people from the active PUP and NFI list, physically unable to form non-football injury list. Lions have five guys on those lists between the two of them. You can shift them to the reserve list on that, which means that they will no longer count against your active roster, but they will also miss the first four weeks of the season that way. You are going to see that done for Jamison Williams and Romeo Okwara. I guarantee it. It might be a couple other guys, too. We have no idea what's going on with Paschal. We don't know. We just don't. Um, Jason Cabinda, don't really know on that. But it sounds like he might be a candidate to also be on that. So there might not be many cuts this week. It might be a case of they're shifting uh, Williams and and Okwara uh, to the the reserve portion of that list, which means that they're out until, you know, mid October. I think that's generally expected uh, based on what, what Dan told us the, the, the last week we were in Detroit. We're not seeing Jamison Williams before they're by period. We're just not. Uh, and based on how Romeo has looked walking and his like, he's, he's, he's still got a noticeable limp folks. Like I don't expect him to play anytime soon. And I, I said it in the slack. It wouldn't shock me if he doesn't play this year. If it's like, okay, I'm just going to try to get myself totally right. I'm st- He's still a young enough guy, fully recovered from that Achilles injury. Achilles injuries are a lot harder on the big dudes than they are on the smaller guys. Yeah, Like Okuda's back out there running looking like he's never had it. Not everybody's like that. And the more pounds you got on it, like Romeo's a good 280, 275. And the, the the his game is built on that initial burst and explosion. If it's not there, like he can take that year off and get it right. And like I know that's going to be disappointing for a lot of people, especially when you've got other people at that position, including his brother, who are injured a lot. Mm-hmm. But I I would not count on seeing Romeo Aquara before about Thanksgiving, uh, based on what I've seen. That and look, look, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a, I'm not a physical trainer. I'm just telling you what I see. I don't. I'm not optimistic that we're going to see much of him.
0: No, I think that's fair. And, and I think that's probably a lot of why the kind of circumspect conversation whenever somebody talks about him. Uh, I mean, for, you know, way back in uh, training camp when they were talking about Jerry and they're talking about Okuda coming back and there's no conversation about Okuda. I mean, we hit it. We were like.
2: Quara. So I, w- I will say this I talked to someone this week um and uh, I'll just leave it at that who thinks that neither Okwara plays for a down for the Lions this year and it would be someone who would have a better idea on that than me
0: <laughs> mm I don't like the sound of that I was hoping we could see some Julia Julian.
2: So, so, uh, so this goes, and and this, this is a conversation that I've had with this person, where I said, and I I will, I will, I will, I will read you the question off the text that I sent him. Let me find it here. Talk amongst yourselves. Uh, Where's he at, Jeff? I know you. Okay, here it is. There you go. I I better not show that. Are you pants-free? I said. I said no. No, I'm not. (laughs) I said Julian and Houston. Don't both make the team, right? And he responded. This is going back to uh, to June eleventh. He's like, I don't think so. We picked up the conversation again this week. He's like, read Julian Houston. Nope. <laughs> and Houston's Houston didn't do much. I, I didn't. I didn't notice him. I know he played. I didn't notice him today. Mm-hmm. I he's healthy. Like that matters. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry again, but yeah. we go back to the, the hurt. Dude, stay hurt. But Julian's got the rep of being a hurt dude. He's been hurt two different times with different injuries this summer. Like at, at some point, dude, you gotta you gotta prove that you can stay out of the tub to help the club.
0: Yeah. Ooh, ooh. That, now you plan that. You've done that before. You've heard that before.
2: Out of I'm the a tub. radio professional, baby. <laughs>
0: you just did one show. On there. <laughs> uh, out of the tub to help the club. I like that. I'm going to put that in yeah. the. Uh, in the memory bank can't help the
2: tub in the club that's right (laughs) help can't help the club in the tub oh i screwed it up
0: dang (laughs) it that's all right it worked it worked it was smooth enough it (sighs) it rolled fine it rolled fine Bonus of shame edit the
2: edit that part out
0: (laughs) no (laughs) 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 all right um what else do we have really quick have you ever been stressed out about being stressed out riz
1: Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's like the inception of stress, right? I'm so stressed. It's giving me stress. All you got to do is go to CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com, CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com, and hook yourself up with the brain strain train. Um, Delta 8 all over it's good stuff it is really really good stuff the delta 9 active cbd the gummies are where it's at i'm just telling you they are the super bomb stuff make you feel good help you get rid of that anxiety pain and insomnia if you have trouble with any of those things the cbd is some magic elixir it has done wonders for not just me but a number of our listeners we hear it all the time in the slack and all around go to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com diamond cbd has the good stuff guaranteed i buy it myself got my cbd cream right here that we use from diamond cbd go on over cbd.detroitlinespodcast.com get rid of being stressed about being stressed get rid of pain anxiety and insomnia take care of your head all right can we talk a little bit about hard knocks
1: yeah
2: all
0: right please do all right uh as we do we'll do Keep the phone lines open as we do this, and then we'll get ready to kind of start winding it down. 248-782-8384, 248-782-8384, if you'd like to be on the show and join us, we'll have you come on. It'll be a lot of fun. All right, Uh, Hard Knocks. I want to talk about something uh, Dan Campbell said that I thought was very, very respectful, and I think very much of the right mentality. And he used himself and his own mistakes as an example. He was talking about, uh, this is episode two for those, he was talking about um, once you've got your reps done and you're on the sideline, don't be talking to the crowd, don't be jacking around, don't leave your helmet off in the locker room, don't take your shoes off, that kind of stuff, be ready to play. And he told the story about he was out there, and it was Witten's third gear, and it was time to, you know, everyone all of a sudden had gotten injured, and it was down to they needed somebody to go in, and it wasn't going to be Witten. And he's like, oh, shit, tying his shoes, getting ready real quick. Um, and he recognized in that moment that it was disrespectful to his fellow players and the team around him. These guys are out there working their ass off to make the team, and for you to be over there, you know, doing, you know, jack-in-the-locker-room stuff, nope, not not the way to be. I like that. I like that in in because it, it, it was much different I think Matt Patricia would have tr- tried to say the same thing but he would have done it in a way that was disrespectful you know what I mean and it would have caught the the players in a in a negative way um the way Campbell did it he he used himself as the the foil himself as the example in that and 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 told the team that he'll go nuts if he sees it because he made the mistake and he wants them to learn from that mistake. Those guys are out there fighting for their very jobs. You need to respect them and respect your teammates for doing that. I thought that was really, really good stuff um, from, from Campbell there. That was, that was good, solid leadership.
2: I, I, I was impressed again with how, just how like cohesive and the messages from the coaching staff and how like I'm, I'm proud to call these guys our coaches and that, that hasn't been the case for, for a while, you know, from not, and not, not just Dan. And, and like, like what Jim Caldwell was fine for me. I wish he would have been better, but I like, I didn't hate the guy. Um, it But this, like this staff, man, you see it all the time. And I love that hard knocks is illuminating it and illustrating it for everybody. Choose your word there. It's just, I'm proud that this is our coaching staff, and that that was my primary takeaway from it. So I I have to admit I watched it um, on my phone uh, at about four in the morning on, on Wednesday morning uh, in a hotel room uh, while my son was sleeping in the in the bed <laughs> in the the other bed. Uh, so I, I couldn't like react to it too much. I was sort of bleary eyed. So I, I I need to watch it again, but. My uh, my takeaway was that I like this coaching staff, and I feel so good that, that the world is getting to see that Dan Campbell is not some some muscle headed loser who's in over his head. Because I think I think we're all learning the exact opposite of that from Hard Knocks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think I think you're absolutely right. That was uh, that's it's it's there's a couple things happening with Hard Knocks. I think one the team is finding a way. You know. the the lions have been a long time kind of um punching bag for for fans around the league uh, non-lions and in lions fans too right for a long time they just couldn't get respect and they didn't earn it right frankly and that's that's you know the the life of a lions fan and, and lions players really but to see hard knocks kind of Put a flavor into it. I mean, they did the right thing with the coaching staff and the hires and and the things that they're doing. I think they really put things together really well. And it's the ideal time. I would have hated Patricia on Hard Knocks. I would have absolutely despised it. But this is something where I think you're you're minting a lot of Lions fans, Americans in particular, but people around the world love to root for for an underdog. They love an underdog, and you get to see these folks um, from the Lions and this the, the coaches and the players and you think about the history and the hard work and you get hope from what you're seeing in this win I mean it adds to that kind of allure of what's going on right now with this team ahead of this uh, ahead of the season can't wait to see what they do with this win, this win on on hard knocks but it is really something that I think that's going to help grow the Lions brand help grow their perception around the um, the league and amongst players and or amongst uh, Uh, fans everywhere it's 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 just a really really strong kind of marketing thing that's going on for a team that's on the rise i love it i absolutely love it i think this is really something good
2: oh absolutely it's so positive And, and the response from the fans and there was a lot of trepidation like oh this is a distraction this team doesn't need this um we you know there's been none of that. Um, and that, again, I try to tell people that because I've been through this before. Right. Like, it, if anything, what hard knocks does is that it tells you whether your team is pointed in the right direction or not. And the hard knocks that the, the Browns were on in 2018, it showed this team is not going in the direction that you want to go in, like at all. Right. Like, oh my God, our coaches are awful. And that was proven true. They got fired midseason. I think we're seeing validation on the coaching hire and also just like like the the players. This is a very young team, but you're seeing like organic leadership coming. You're seeing Jamal Williams. You're seeing uh um, Charles Harris emerge as more of a leader. I think I think hard knocks has shown some of that. Like that's well, there haven't been like the the super like real well, Rodri- everybody loves Rodrigo, Rodrigo like right. I get
0: that I mean the ladies but, love it my, Well, I say that my wife is all over this the dimple and the smile and the I mean yeah. just like oh man Rodrigo's the bomb right
2: yeah <laughs> but He's you're not better. getting like the the outlandishness that, that you've seen on some of the other episodes and and like look, look, I don't watch every year I didn't watch last year I didn't care mm, I didn't. Um, but I do watch most years a little bit and you know there's always like some there's always somebody who's trying to play to be like the hard knocks star yeah and, like, some people will accuse Jamal Williams of doing that. I, I will tell you from watching Jamal last year that, that that's no different. That's Jamal, folks. Yeah. That's who he is. He's always that guy. Uh, and, like, you're not seeing anybody else that's, like, going out of their way to, like, make sure that they're getting camera time. That it is very organic what's happening. And it's I think that, that's something that I think, and I hope fans appreciate that,
0: too. Can I, I want to really quick, I, there's been some, and Hard Knocks put it together with, um, St. Brown's and Hutchinson's and there's a lot of people that are trying to create something here. And I want to kind of talk about something just thinking about this. And, and they're, they're trying to find kind of racial inequities and stuff. Inequity exists. There's no question about it exists, you know, in the country, in the world and all that. But yeah. the, Adrian Hutchinson was the second overall pick in the draft this year. Okay. I don't care who he is, he's getting coverage. If he's close to his family, that's big. If he doesn't have a dad, they're gonna talk about him not having a dad. They're gonna tell you where he came from. How much was his bonus? $21 million, $23 million, whatever the number was. And yeah. and, and you're acting like they're not gonna cover that guy when the, the um you know, the next one that that, that came up, um, uh, Rodrigo comes in, it was a hundred thousand, right? Of course they're gonna cover the twenty-three million dollar bonus man. Of course they're gonna cover that. If I think back and think, oh, wow, if we'd have done hard knocks when Sue was there, they'd have covered him. If His sister probably would have been part of it. His family. It's just the yeah. way it is. You have guys who are drafted in different positions, who make a certain amount of money, and who who are just where they are. Hutchinson is definitely a kind of product of his environment. He was his dad was a Michigan guy played for for, for the, the the Wolverines. He broke his dad's record. That's that's where he came from. That's who he is. Everybody has a story. Jerry's story. We've talked about that a number of times. It's an important, compelling story. If Jerry had been number two overall, Jerry's story would have been. They'd have gone deep on all that as well. It's not. uh God, it's 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 just it's not what people are trying to make it to be. I understand highlighting inequity and things like that are very, very important in society and getting things right are very, very important. But this is just the wrong hill to die on for that. This is just an excuse to talk about something that to try to fit a a peg into a hole that doesn't really quite. It's not where it's at.
2: So when I watched it, I didn't like that didn't even register with me. And then then I, I saw a little bit of it. I'm like, what the bleep are you people talking like Why are you trying to make controversy where there isn't any? Like, of course, they're going to cover the number two pick in the draft. Like, he's the number two pick. Like, they're trying to sell this not just to Lions fans, but to fans around the league. Who on the Detroit Lions have fans in Seattle and Miami heard of? They've heard of Aiden Hutchinson. They haven't probably heard of a lot of the other guys on this team. That's just the way it is. Like, you got to sell this to people. You got to sell this to my old neighbor in Houston from Venezuela um, who who was just learning what NFL football was. Um, And, you know, like that's your market. Like, you know, Lions fans are going to watch. Of course we are. You're trying to get the non Lions fans. Who's your compelling stories? Aiden Hutchinson, number two pick in the draft, playing in his hometown. His mom is hot. His sister is ridiculously hot. She's Miss Michigan. Of course, we're going to focus on that. Yeah, no, <laughs> why no, wouldn't for, we?
0: <laughs> for sure, for absolutely, and and and, that, and it is what it is, right? And Rodrigo is hundred thousand dollar you know uh, uh, signing bonus kind of guy. It it is what it is. It's and it's just the story this year. It, it's it's not all those things that people are making about. So I, 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 I,
2: I would beseech you people who are trying to play up that angle to step back and think about why your motivation is or what your motivation is in trying to promote that. I'd say- are you are you trying to promote um, division and controversy um, instead of interpreting it from somewhere else, is, is that is that a, are, are you looking in the mirror when you're saying this or are you casting outward?
0: Yeah, uh, that's, I, that's I, something
2: that I think uh, in society in general, we need to do a better uh, job of. And this this is a reflection so upon people
0: that. on the right side of the wrong side of arguments make arguments for the wrong reasons. And right, right. <laughs> you good,
2: just good. just be in I the like right spot to make the say right. that again. That's that was good.
0: People on the right side and wrong side of arguments make arguments with the for the wrong reasons. I mean, that, that's it. And and it's get yourself straight and and fight for the right things because you'll you'll convince more people rather than solidify solidifying people in the opposing positions. Okay, there we go. Let's get football. Uh okay. So what else on Hard Knocks is going on? Um Loved Campbell. Not wanting people to relax, like I said, it was awesome. I I get that sense. The coaches, again really strong. I want to ask about here we go, we got it again. Ben Johnson. What's going on with Ben? Why are we not seeing Ben on hard knocks? Has he been brought up to the mothership? Where's Ben? What's going on? Why isn't Ben on Jeff? <laughs>
2: They film they film what, what is it 45,000 hours that they have to whittle down to 50 minutes in a week <laughs> It's just not one of the, the, the top storylines that they that they think they can sell on now so one of the one of the producers of the show is walking around and, and I know who, I know who the person is uh, when when they when they're at camp. Two different earpieces in two different people from the truck that are processed. They have it. They have a truck. It, it was the Lions' old COVID trailer. It's their truck, their production truck. <laughs> there are between fifty and sixty television monitors of all the cameras that are going on, and there's people watching it in real time that are also listening in real time, and they are relaying anything that might be of like, oh, this is this is happening over here, or this is happening here, or maybe we want to look at this. And that's in that producer's ear. And that is where that person is sending their focus a little bit. So they don't have to whittle through everything because that's a Herculean task. Ben Johnson is not the most demonstrative coach. He's not the most, um, he's not the most well-known coach on this team. Obviously, if you're going to talk about the coaches, you're going to talk about Deuce. You're going to talk about Glenn. You're going to talk about Shep, Fraley. Like he's well down on the pecking order of, of notoriety. And again, Remember, this is a national show. They're trying to market to the broader NFL audience and not just Detroit Lions fans. Does my dad in Cleveland care about the Lions offensive coordinator? Probably not. Does he care about Aiden Hutchinson? You bet. Does he care about... Hank Fraley, who used to play for the Browns? Yeah, he, he does a little bit. Does he care <laughs> you know, that, that's the connection you gotta make? Do LSU does does you know somebody's grandma in Baton Rouge care about Kelvin Shepard because he played LSU? You bet they do. <laughs> like that's that 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 the marketing angle of it, I can't stress enough how important it is to take your lion's glasses off and put on your national perspective. Did you watch the Raiders when they were on? And, and if you did, what did you focus on? You focused on maybe players or coaches that you knew. You, they're talking about a, rookie, a fifth round rookie linebacker. Like, I don't give a crap who this guy is. Like, fast forward. Like, they're trying to avoid that. That's that, that's the whole entire point of Hard Knocks existence, guys. Take a broader view on that, please. I'll
0: I'll say also, there's the right to veto content and i yes. just yes. just yes. by how little he's shown up i mean that you haven't really even seen his face much in in the coverage i believe the lions are keeping him out of the conversation and keeping that offense out of the co- of the conversation on purpose because nobody has film On Ben Johnson's offense. Nobody has some film on what they are doing. And I don't think they want anybody to hear any of the conversations about what they are doing. This is a strategic imperative for them. That's why I think Ben Johnson is not on hard knocks and I'm okay with it. I love the insight. I would love to see what they have, but this is a strategic advantage that they don't want to give away.
2: I, that's that's perfectly plausible. I buy that. I like that explanation. Good thought. I should I be like a it. writer. I should do this.
0: I should do something journalistic. Uh, what? Anything else that jumps out of you about, about uh, Hard Knocks? Riz, um,
2: I, I I thought they kept the momentum good from the first week to the second week. Um, it, like, obviously, it's like with every album with with, with bands. Your first album is great. You got a hit single. Then you got to follow it up. And the sophomore effort, like you've had, and bon, John Bon Jovi said this. Cause like you have your entire life to that point to write your first album. You got six months to do the second one. Like that's why sophomore albums generally aren't as good. Um, And his is a good example of that. (laughs) 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 But I think that's avoiding going too far down on that is something that I thought they did a good job of. And I will say that the Browns year, there was a considerable drop off in momentum in terms of like fan enthusiasm from the first one to the second one. And I think they avoided that pretty nicely with this one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there you go. All right. Um, let's see. I think, yeah, we got that. We're good. Uh, Hard Knocks covered. I think today's game covered. I just want to touch again on what we talked about a little bit about that offensive line. A little bit of love for Dan Skipper out there, the biggest man in the in the land. Um, played well. He, he really did. Huge <laughs> shout out to the work that Hank Fraley's done with those guys. Last year we saw it, and and, and again I'll say it as we start open the show with it. Last year the biggest fear Riz articulated going into the season was the depth at of offensive line. We hope no one's hurt, and we went into game one with somebody hurt. Uh, week one with somebody hurt, and the top five never played a single snap together for the rest of the season yet. They played really well. And I attribute Look, they're great players and they play well. But I also attribute a ton of that to Hank Fraley and what he brings to his role as a coach. He's not just a guy that's out yelling their big guy things at big things. He's very smart. And and, and, and shout out, by the way, to his son. Did you see him at the end of Hard Knocks? Uh, John Ragnow. Man, your, your talk isn't that good. Hell, bullshit. As he's a kid. He was killing it. I mean, he was talking to big men like that. I can big hands hands clapping man that was awesome to see him out there as a kid some, some big dick energy right there yeah and, <laughs> and, and and i'll tell you straight out dad waking him up in the morning it's I, I i live that i live that like every day he's like oh man it's so early but uh good good stuff from the fraley family they were freaking yeah. hilarious they were great but he's done it i mean he is a coach he is a he is. I mean, he was what this team has become, what this uh, this I want to call it the management team, the coaches and the and the front office were to become when they brought in Holmes and Campbell.
2: He is the epitome of that kind of servant. He was such a natural show. fit. And yeah. I, I've, I've used the example before. I watched Evan Brown with the Browns. I, I know what he was with the New York Giants. He was a guy that was a practice squad guy at best. He quickly played his way down those depth charts. Now, I would argue he might be the best backup center in the NFL, and that is because of Hank Fraley. Yeah, No question about it. Yep. And I I, I bet – I don't know Evan well. I've only, like, ever shaken his hand and bumped fists with him, but uh, I would bet that he would give a lot of the credit to Hank himself.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. And um, Hank – I'll tell you, Hank has believed in him, and he um, loved bringing him out. We, the, the thing that kills me is – when the new regime came in we almost lost hank i mean we were you know we did I, I i maybe i'm exaggerating a little bit but it's not too much in minutes away from losing hank to the steelers and the steelers were pissed were pissed when he signed but i'm so glad he stayed he's
2: are. look there. at their offensive line
0: yeah yeah exactly <laughs> they're not good folks. <laughs> nope nope. they don't they don't have no freely in their life so
2: oh by the by the way can we can we touch very quickly on the Mason Rudolph rumors that that the the jackass or pony or whatever the hell he calls himself in Pittsburgh insisted would be done by Friday yeah what day is where's it? that guy at huh Seth. hold him to that yeah <laughs> please I'll tell you something
0: about a difference too between Quinn and and Campbell this manager team you may hear some thunder booming outside it's, it sounds like it's a, it's a shite show Um and you see this a lot in, in, in business when you're spending someone else's money, you can make decisions you know that, that are a lot easier than when it's your money. Right. And Bob Quinn, I think, was trying to buy like I think a Trey Flowers, who's not playing anywhere right now. It's like no matter what happens here. You're gonna, you're gonna be, you've got a lot of money. You're gonna make more money doing this here and then not playing than you would if you, you know, did anything else. This is your way to get taken care of. He overpaid a lot of people and they were former Patriots people. I think he was using someone else's money to try to jumpstart what he was doing. It's easy when you do that. Now it's a little different. Shield is part of that team. And they're working as a team, and while it's somebody else's money, that other that person's money is in the room, hearing the decisions and understanding the decisions, and watching people make those justifications. It's not just, oh yeah, we're going to put our people in the in our culture and and and, and get it instilled in the locker room. You know, we just got to pay for it. This is here's the long term plan. Here's the thinking behind it, and um, it, I think this is a shrewd play from Sheila's side, and. Another kind of just play for how this management style, leadership style is working with this team, because um, letting people just spend money to do dumb things or to do things is never a good idea. You have to have that diligence and you have to have that kind of look and, and understand the reasoning behind it, which I think we're seeing now it makes a heck of a lot more sense. And you're seeing it with the way the cap situation is, the players we get and how they fit the whole thing, the scheme, all that comes together because that team is that the money. And the football people are together making decisions. It's not, you know, Rod Wood going to make football decisions. No, no. Rod Wood's going to make money decisions, right? But he's going to make sure you're not making football decisions that are bad money decisions and then vice versa. Right, So um, just a Run. lot lot of really oh good stuff coming with this, this this leadership team between the owners and coaches. And I'm, I'm hoping that very soon Sheila is going to be able to stomp out all the Uncle Eddie's out there to say this team will never win until the Fords sell the team. Right? I mean, it's just they have no recognition that there's actually different people driving the ship, like different coaches or different coaches, different GMs. Like, well, they've not done it for 40 years. Well, that's right. But Brad Holmes hasn't been here for 40 years. Campbell hasn't been here for 40 years.
2: This week, this week was a great example of be careful what you wish for on the sell the team front because that was a refrain in Cleveland for some time. And if you watch the press conference that the the Browns owners, plural, both Jimmy and Dee Haslam put with Deshaun Watson, if you're not embarrassed by that and aghast at their take on the whole thing, like like that, that that was rough man <laughs> and you got Daniel Snyder yeah. being Daniel what Snyder. he is mm-hmm. like that look at the people that are buying teams now I don't want those people I don't want those people near something nope <gasps> well it's going on in Houston um uh, look at what's going on in, in uh, <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of places where Ownership changes have not been the panacea that uh, that I think the, the fans were hoping for. Yep. And I would be very worried that it. I don't I don't follow the Tigers at all, but everything that I hear is, that oh, my God, they're the worst organization in town. Yep. Um, and it's like, I don't know, man, I. I'll I'll, I'll 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 ride with Sheila for a while, folks. I'm good with that.
0: <laughs> I don't know if you hear the thunder in the background. I think I got to go. I've watched the 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 bandwidth drop twice to zero. I think we're getting on the verge of the end of time. All right. Um, <laughs> do you hear that?
2: Oh wow, I did. Fun. Yeah, I felt it.
0: <laughs> All right, let's let's get through that really quick. Uh, good con- <laughs> joy two times right now should have thrown that kid in the ice tank. That that's actually pretty funny. Yes. Um, would have watched an f- entire episode of Just Frank. He's like every Midwesterner's cousin, and I'm here for it. That's hilarious. All right. With that, I want to I just want to tell everyone thank you for joining us. Again, if you don't mind hitting the subscribe and the like button, we really, really appreciate it. It helps us out. We're getting to that point where um, we want as many people as possible to see what we're bringing to the to the world and our post-game content and all the other stuff. Thank you, C Dane63. Appreciate you. You're number one in your book. You're number one in my book, too, buddy. All right, remember this show needs your involvement. Don't forget us on Patreon, patreon.com/slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Access to the Slack chat. If you donate as little as $5 a month, you'll talk to the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet, and you can follow us on Twitter at DETLionsPodcast, DETLionsPodcast, DETLionsPodcast. Podcast. I'll get it right this time. Uh, also, give us a call on Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-Lions, it's 929 3354 and be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com, subscribe to the podcast, because Riz wants to do what? I want to come into
2: your ear holes automatically. Oh, that's... Sounds so good.
0: All right. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast, provided we don't blow away here. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, because we are your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Thank you, everybody. Riz, thank you, brother. Appreciate it.
1: Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over.
2: You've had enough of that shit.